Hey, what's up, Military Millionaires? I'm your host, David Parade. Today we have a unique episode. It is me and Kevin Porter talking right before the first day of the 10X Growth Conference. But the reason it's unique is because it's in Miami, it's filmed outside, and it was pretty impromptu. We'd been talking about being on each, you know, him being on my podcast for a little while, and I basically woke him up, threw him some coffee, and said, let's do this thing. That being said, the sun came up as we were talking, so you'll see that there's a little bit of overexposure if you're watching the video. I tried to change the color a little bit, but he and I both look about as pale as we can get. So it is what it is. The content is still awesome. Check it out right now. You're listening to the Military Millionaire Podcast, a show about real estate investing for the working class. Stay tuned as we explore ways to help you improve your finances, build wealth through real estate, and become a person that is worth knowing. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Dave from Military to Millionaire. So this is obviously a little bit different setup. I am in Miami right now at the 10X Growth Conference. It is 8.15 in the morning, right before we head into the conference, and I'm here with Kevin Porter, who's a staff sergeant in the Army. He's been in for almost 11 years, and uh, he's one of the guys crashing in the Airbnb with me. So we, were, we woke up this morning, and I was like, you're going to be on my podcast. And he was like, oh, coffee. Oh. And then I was like, yeah, coffee. We're doing this. So here we are. So uh, Kevin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so my name is Kevin Porter. Um, like you said, I've been in the Army for about 11 years. Um, I've been stationed in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, and then when I volunteered for recruiting about four and a half years ago, I got it to, stationed in uh, Long Island, New York. Um, I don't know. That's about <laughs> it. All right, all right. So what got you started in real estate? Um, a long time ago, my uncle had uh, encouraged me to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and as a stubborn, you know, young guy like I just I passed it up because I wasn't that interested I just wanted to focus on my friends and skateboarding and stuff like that and um, yeah, a few years back I decided to finally read it as I started you know the quest for like self-development and um, as anybody who reads Rich Dad Poor Dad it really kind of changed my my mindset on money and my life and turned my life around and of course it, it put me on the path with real estate investing but it really put me in gear to start really trying to change my life and focus uh, more deliberately on self-development. And that's one of the reasons I actually volunteered for recruiting. Um, surprisingly, because most people do not like recruiting as an assignment in the military. Voluntold. I volunteered. Um, <laughs> I actually had the option of doing um, uh, an assignment in Hawaii or reclassing to do civil affairs. And I kind of was interested in civil affairs because it's like it's, it's the humanitarian side of yeah. the army. And I felt like that would be very like self-gratifying but so um, Hawaii no, just saying. and I would have loved Hawaii I'm a very like outdoorsy person so Hawaii would have been right up my alley but I did the the crazy thing and decided that going into recruiting was going to be the best path for me because I felt like it was going to help set me up for sales marketing and doing all you know doing all of that education through the Army's dollar so yeah volunteered for recruiting and pretty much been doing that for four and a half years now all right so I'm gonna ask we're gonna totally go off the real estate tangent here but Feel like you got that as far as sales and networking what do you think is the best thing they taught you it did give me uh i guess the the overall concept of what it's like to be in sales the the stress that can come with it um it's it's been a very very challenging assignment and uh, anyone who knows anything about like the northeast it's not people up there don't just typically join the military because 
it's a great opportunity. They join it because it becomes like a, a last resort for them. At least that's the way I feel like most of them look at it. So the overall assignment has been, it's been a challenging, but it's taught me a lot uh, in terms of sales. And it's given me an opportunity to really test a lot of things while I'm on the clock with the Army. So I've got to learn a lot of things, even on my, like my personal time, trying to improve my recruiting methods. I, I actually, I would agree. Uh, that's where I first got realized that I kind of enjoy speaking. You know, I mean, we get in front of high schools and stuff. I, I hated it. I was nervous. It was terrible. And as I got better at it, I was like, you know, this is actually kind of fun. And people are saying I'm good at this. And I, that feels good, right? Um, you get good at sales. You get some, I mean, you get basic enough, good enough tips that when you come to a conference like this and they start talking about like with them and stuff like that, what's in it for me? You're like, oh, pfft. They're talking like it's a sales tip, and I'm mm -hmm. more like, oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm soaking up every bit of that because uh, yeah. surprisingly, like, I'm, uh, I'm very introverted. I'm not a, like, socially outgoing person. Social crowds, like, just give me a lot of, like, anxiety. So recruiting has is, is also done that for me, but it's put me outside of my comfort zone, you know, time and time again. And uh, even though it's still a challenge for me, I've gotten to that point where I'm a little bit more embracing of that challenge. Um, so... Yeah, like going to the high schools, going to like public speaking opportunities, you know, at, in a recruiter um, capacity has really helped kind of put me outside of what is typically like my norm. And is, it's really helped me um, in a lot of ways. And I see like a complete transformation from who I was, you know, five years ago to who I am now. And it's like just as much of a transformation from who I was before I joined the military to who I am now. Yeah, so if you're thinking about it, I'm, this isn't a plug, I don't get not gonna get paid by the military. Uh, recruiting will pull you out of your shell, teach you how to network and market and sales. Absolutely. And it's totally not always a fun gig and a lot of people hate it for a reason. But you know, a lot of people hate sales and networking and you gotta get past that or you're never gonna make it anywhere. You gotta learn how to sell, you gotta learn how to network, 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 so. Uh, but we'll go back to the real estate hat. So tell us about your first deal. So right after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, I was making tons of offers um, I probably made about 50 offers before I got my first one accepted and um, I didn't really get a good real estate agent to begin with so I felt like I was kind of you know struggling through you know the process because I didn't have anyone directly working with me to like help me get a, a deal per se like uh, under contract so after about uh, 50 or so uh, offers I got my first one accepted and even personally I feel like maybe I paid a little bit too much for it so every bit of it was a learning experience, but um, so I bought the, my first property at 64,500 and I only put about 3,000 into the renovations and it, uh, it rents for, currently it rents for 875. So it's doing all right, but there's a lot of things that I, you know, learned through the process that, you know, unexpected expenses. So um, I also learned, you know, adding in something like uh, washer and dryer units can really help increase the ROI uh, quickly because yep. people see a lot of value in that. Um, yeah, I'm still currently holding it right now. That's a good point. So people think about washer dryers and it's like on the commercial side, this is huge for me. Um, when I bought my 40 unit, one of the first things I did was they had like one washer dryer leased and there were 20 residential units that were all kind of, or 25 residential units. They were all kind of using it. I was like, oh, that's a lot of people for a washer dryer. So I immediately bought two, but I didn't lease them. I purchased them uh, with financing. And so people don't realize a lot of these companies, they don't mention it right up front. They'll finance to you. And it was like 0% down financed. So now instead of leasing the deal and owing them money every day or every month, 
I own them outright. I pay the financing. So the difference is that the cap rate, the value on the property goes up. So anyway, so commercial real estate, people think about coin laundry. People don't often think about the fact that you get a very similar return. In fact, maybe more of a bang for your buck return on washer dryers in a residential. Yeah, it's not a coin laundry, but you can increase the rent by 25, 50 bucks a month, which I is did, yeah. way more than that person would use in coin laundry. So just food for thought. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I increased my rent by $50 a month. And I think about it because I'm, I'm still a renter right now. And you know, from living in Long Island, not many residential places have, or at least for tenants, like you might be renting out a basement, they don't have washer and dryer units uh, available. So a lot of times you're experiencing the whole coin laundry, you know, a laundry facility on site. And as a renter, having a laundry unit actually in your, your building is, it's tremendous value. Yeah, it's killer. All right, so you now you've done another deal and it was a kind of a burr strategy. So I'd be curious to hear about that one because I like that strategy and I'm trying to use it myself. Yeah, everybody loves the burr strategy. Um, I, uh, once I first learned about it, that I knew that that was like the next deal, I had to do it that way just so that I could start building up a little bit more momentum. So my, my second deal, and uh, this one was a little bit more of a stretch for me since I've, I've been living in Long Island, I took, um, I took two weeks of vacation off to go back down to Fayetteville, North Carolina, where my other rental was at. And um, I met with a real estate agent because I found one deal that was, it had been sitting on the market for just a little bit longer than normal. And when I spoke with the agent, they said that the, the previous uh, guy who had the offer uh, and they fell through. So I told the agent, look, I've got cash. I can close on the deal in seven days um, if you just let me go ahead and get this under contract. So we went back to his office, you know, tied it up, got everything in place. I got my, my property manager who happens to also be my contractor. He came in there, started doing the quotes and everything. I tried to um, do a little bit of the renovations myself, but trying to take leave and then do some renovations, just it's not an effective method for you know, any means of scaling. So um, got, got the contractor in there. He got a lot of the work done, took a little bit longer than uh, we had originally planned. And then uh, I you know, let it season for one year. And then I reached out to my bank and uh, asked them to go through the process. and they were able to uh, refinance out. So I was all in for, uh, after renovations, 52,000. Um, it appraised for roughly about 75, and they were able to give me a loan for uh, around 49,000. So I was only in the deal for like 3,000 after everything was said and done after one year. So, you know, trial and error, learned a lot from it, and uh, I definitely, definitely love it. And I owe you guys an apology for those of our listeners who don't know what a burr is. I I prefaced it and I didn't didn't ask him to explain it. So just so you're on the same page, BRRRR stands for buy, rent, or buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. So small strategy where you buy a place, you fix it up, you rent it, and then when you refinance, you pull your money back out. Sounds like he did. So at the end of it, if you heard that, he's got $3,000 tied up in a deal that's cash flowing, and he's got over $20,000 in equity. So that's, that's awesome. It's a tremendous ROI. And if you think like I've already held the deal for two years, so I've easily gotten all of my money back out of it. And so now everything is just profit. Yeah, that's mostly. awesome. That's awesome. All right. So we're going to flip the script from real estate for a second. We were talking yesterday and Kevin's got a startup kind of coming up. Um, and I'm just curious to hear a little bit about that. Okay. So um, um, I took a course on learning how to sell on uh, Amazon um, because I just believe that that business model is really beautiful for anyone who wants to be like the digital nomad sort of thing. 
Um, so I'm going through the, the process now of starting up a second product launch. Um, I launched a product last year for selling sleeping pads on Amazon and um, it's a, like a private label concept. So I reach out to companies in China through you know, platforms like Alibaba and get quotes on sleeping pads. Then you know, once I you know, run the numbers and find that what my ROI is gonna be, I reach out to them, you know, put, the, uh, put the money in, into the deal they produce them, do the freight forwarding, send it to you know the United States. Then Amazon slaps their label on it, sends it into the fulfillment center, and then my products go live. And of course, there's a lot more like back end stuff with it. But uh, the overall concept really just makes it easy for you to like run a business from your laptop. And uh, all you have to do is really just kind of like manage the listing, you know, continuously optimize for like you know keywords and your search results, and then watch your competitors and try to continuously you know outperform them. Yeah. So that's awesome. So the idea there being, you know, we talk real estate because it's what I know, what I do, and what I enjoy. But at the end of the day, side hustling while you're in the military is, is awesome. Uh, you know, we've got friends, I'm sure you do as well, that, that Uber or that, uh, you know, maybe they drive for Bite Squad or whatever. Um, and, and the point being to be creative, right? So your income isn't usually your problem, it's your expenses. But that being said, if you increase your income, not gonna hurt right so. yeah the the whole reason why I thought that uh, the Amazon play would be a good move for me is you know being in Long Island kind of being outside of my market not really having a strategy to continuously move forward on deals um, I saw Amazon as a way to start generating sales on a product that could really help me drive in some more income to funnel towards my real estate investing so that was like my overall intent with it and still is awesome Everybody say hi, Derek. He's in the background trying not to get in the camera like it's going to mess something Can't up. Can't avoid it. He doesn't realize that I don't care. Hi, everyone. <laughs> um, That's actually Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, Matthew yeah. McConaughey. It's all right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, so uh, we're going to roll into some of our normal questions, and I even brought them with me. Normally, I have them on my screen, so this is the super ghetto version. Um, just to make sure I don't forget anything. So if an E1, E2 walked up to you asking you for advice, whether finances, real estate, whatever, uh, life, I don't care, um, you only had like two minutes, what would you tell them? It, this it's, correlates to like 19, 20-year-olds. That's the E1, E2. It, it's so um, common for people to say it, and you know I've already given that plug, but I would direct them to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad just because of how much of an impact it had on my life. Um, the funny thing is like, when it changed my life, I became such a huge promoter of that book that I actually keep a hard copy of that book on my recruiter desk in the office. So it's kind of like a talking point. And I've had tons of people come into the office and talk to me about, you know, you know, money and finances and everything. And I always just direct them to that book. I said, if you want to get your mind right about money, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, he, he spells it out in such a elementary form that anybody can understand. And you can really read that book in about a day or two but it'll just completely change your mindset on money and where you want to go with your life. Absolutely. I, I actually have a same thing as a paperback copy that I just pass out to Marines when they ask me questions. Yeah. Um, and then half of them read it and the other half I say, give me my book back. But um, yeah, absolutely life changing. All right. Uh, so I, I asked this question and this is the one that I was saying I couldn't remember last night. Um, it's a loaded question. Let me preface by saying I understand it's not the military's job to teach you about money. But that being said, what do you wish the military or someone had taught you about real estate or finances earlier on in life? Uh, I wish 
I wish I, like the subject would have even been brought up to the to the point of understanding how to uh, multiply money because it's it's not enough just to save money because like I've been saving money like crazy since I've lived in Long Island but it's really doing nothing for me it's it's a, a nest egg but I know it's not it's the not the right path for you know what guys like us are on you know looking for streams of income so I would just wish that the the subject would be brought up on like you know the uh, the idea of multiplying money I agree uh, I mean the military does a really good job of talking about like what the thrift savings plan is and your retirement but they don't really do it they're getting a lot better about teaching like fund setups and stuff like that but um, and I understand it's not their job to teach investing but that you know we do such a good job and everything else I wish I wish that they we just need to tell them like hand rich dad pour that out at boot camp be like read this yeah um, <laughs> the problem I have with uh, like the, the thrift savings plan and just anything in that aspect is it's all funneling you towards the idea of creating the nest egg and that doesn't work for a lot of people and I think more and more people are starting to realize that cash flow is you know where you want to be you want the stream of income that can you know continuously you know pay you dividends for the duration of your life rather than waiting to the end of your life to tap into your nest egg it's just a, it's a broken concept yeah yeah I agree I, I put money in the TSP but it's I mean it's a decent percentage but it's a lot smaller than what I put into real estate and everything else. So yeah. I have a goal number. Once I have that much in the TSP, then I'm done and everything will go into real estate. And, and you're, with, with a thrift savings plan, it's like you're relying on what you paid into. It's not like a hard asset, something that you can just easily transfer for the duration of your, your, your generation, your, you know, your wife, your kids, their kids, or whatever like real estate works like that. You know, with a nest egg, it's something that you're likely to burn through during your retirement, and then there's nothing else to really pass off. You know. True. Yeah. Yeah. Lots. Lots to think about, guys. So be creative about how you're getting extra income. The more streams, the better, right? They say like millionaires have like seven streams of income. Yeah. Don't depend so on one. TSP, one. Military, real estate. If you guys get Amazon. enough people to subscribe, YouTube. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, Amazon. So there's yeah. a lot of great ideas out there. And we don't mean like driving for Uber accounts as a stream of income. I mean, it does, but it's not going to last. It's not. So now, if you can buy a car and rent that car to somebody who drives for Uber, maybe then, I don't know, there's a way. All right. Uh, what makes the Kevin Porter method of investing unique or special? Oh, geez. I don't even think you should have that yeah. one. Like, um, it doesn't have to be real estate. I, I mean, I don't know. The fact that you're doing Amazon is unique. I don't know, I would say that um, it's not that I'm doing anything unique. Um, I'm trying to just do things. And I think that's that's the big thing because a lot of people just get the, the whole analysis paralysis and they never move forward. And I, to, you know, to be completely honest, I've struggled with that myself because I'm a very analytical person. I have to like know everything about everything before I can move forward. And I realize, and I'm realizing it more more lately that it helps to have more people within your circle that can help you move forward because they're going to understand a lot of components of, you know, either the investing side of things or maybe your market analysis or whatever to help you move forward without like overthinking things because they're going to give you some more confidence where you may be lacking in a certain subject or you know. Yeah, I like topic. the fact that you that you are taking action, but like you're not closed-minded. So like even me. I got in the real estate niche and it has taken a long time for me to look into other, you know, streams of income because um, I fell in love with the real estate niche, which is a great niche. But if it's your only niche, you know, you're, you're still subject to if something bad happens. 
Uh, for example, and I'll be telling this story here somewhat soon, uh, I had a pretty bad real estate deal go south. Uh, and if that was my only asset, I would know I would be that guy on the street going, ah, real estate's dumb. Um, and so I like the fact that you're investing in different things. It's smart. There's, I said there's pros and cons to that too. Um, if anyone who's familiar with like the book, The One Thing, it tells you to focus on your one thing that helps you to really make ground. Um, there's a lot of people nowadays because there's so many different options, especially with the uh, the internet, that you have multiple ways to generate any sort of income, and you don't even have to wait till you're like 18 to really do so. Like you got kids nowadays, like making millions of dollars at 14, just being a YouTube, you know, superstar. But uh, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, but if you the one thing. Oh uh, yeah, like f just focusing on one particular path and getting really good at it, because I'd say that one of the struggles that I have even now is that. You know, trying to learn the the business side of things with Amazon and trying to learn real estate, it's kind of you know got me spread too thin, trying to move forward. But you'll hear some you know some people like even like Grant Cardone saying like focus on a business that has some sort of like uh, synergy to like the different streams of income that you can generate. So as you're promoting one thing, it's also helping to promote another thing that's helping to feed you know, your overall business. Whereas if I'm working on Amazon, the only way it's really feeding my real estate is by the income that it's generating. It's not like if I'm making an advertisement for this product that it's actually helping promote something over here as well. Makes sense. Yeah. I think like what you're doing uh, by promoting like the education on the side of the, the military trying to get into real estate investing, you're your podcast and your education is also promoting the fact that you are involved in real estate and then people are going to try to come to you and want to also connect with you on doing deals. It, it is starting to happen. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And that, yeah. So anyway, lots of food for thought. We're not going to tell you how to be an entrepreneur. Just go out there, find something and hustle. Go for it. The biggest thing. Uh, all right. So we already asked that. This is where I normally ask, what is the one resource? And then I say, book course website etc that you would recommend anybody getting started in real estate but i'm going to say other than rich dad poor dad because we've already plugged that and so is everyone else because it's like the book everyone says myself included so yeah that book will always be on like the new york times bestseller just because everybody keeps plugging it yeah i'd say um if you're gonna ask that question a good resource yeah um it's a really good resource if you're trying to get into investing or just generating another stream of income to kind of get yourself out of your situation. Maybe you want to uh, eventually walk away from your job and do your own thing. YouTube is becoming phenomenal as an educational resource. Um, you can go on there and just search anything and you're going to find tons and tons of people who are providing a lot of information on any particular subject. So find what exactly it is that you want to do and then just start searching those keywords in YouTube and finding like who are the dominators in the space who are really putting out great content and just consume as much as you can. But with that, try to execute at the same pace that you were consuming the content. Because if you get into this routine of just, I gotta watch every single video and then not actually moving forward with anything that you're learning, you're gonna start forgetting what it is you learned in the first place because you're too busy trying to learn everything. I agree, and I love YouTube. I literally like sit, like we have a TV in the bedroom. Yeah. Everybody says not to have a TV in the bedroom, don't watch TV at night, blah, 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 it hurts your sleep. So let me just say that. throw this out there that I'm in bed by 8.39 and never awake, uh, very rarely awake past 10, and I'm up at 4 in the morning every day, and I feel well rested, so don't watch crap at night. 
So we sit around. Every now and then, there's like one TV show we watch like one night a week. Um, but for the most part, I, and I have to intertwine because my wife gets mad. Um, but I'll watch YouTube videos. So I will sit there in bed and I'll be like, how do I do X? And then, so like I watched videos on how to build a website while I was building my website. And then I would like, so I would run into a problem during the day, write it down, find a YouTube video on it at night, solve the problem, wake up the next morning and fix it. Um, I've had to intertwine that with like comedy shows so that my wife doesn't throw the remote at me. Mm -hmm. um, so we do like one real video, two SNL videos, but you know, um, so that's, that's a hack. I mean, if you're gonna lay in bed and watch TV, which is terrible for you, watch something useful. Yeah. You know, like my YouTube channel. No, I'm just kidding. Um, what a, so it, we're going to wrap this up here soon, but uh, anything you'd like to add? Any parting advice or big ideas you want to talk to? I don't know. That's a, that's a good one. So far, nobody's ever talked to any big ideas, so no pressure. Mm. Big ideas. If you don't have anything that comes off the top of your head, then... I don't care. I don't even I know. I, sh I should really think of that one. All right. Well, we can come back to that later. We'll do a Kevin Porter Big Ideas YouTube video if we come up with one. Um, so where can people get a hold of you? Um, pretty much every one of my social media channels is Kevin W. Porter. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, YouTube. Most of my content is uh, uh, geared more a little bit to the like adventure, hiking, kayaking, that sort of thing. Um, I haven't really started building any sort of personal brand towards uh, the real estate thing. Yeah, that's cool though. I forgot that you're on YouTube under all that, so we need to subscribe to each other. I like hiking, so it works out. He likes real estate, so it's like a mutually beneficial sub for sub. Like all those spammy comments you see where people are like, "Subscribe to me and I'll subscribe back," and you're like, "You're a like a Barbie teaching makeup. How am I? Why would I subscribe to you? You're not even remotely my niche. So don't be the spammy guy. Nobody likes a spammer. It's on Instagram. It's a, all the follow and follow stuff anyway. Um, I get it, and it's a good strategy, but like focus on your niche. Following somebody in a totally different niche, hoping they follow you back, doesn't grow your business. It's just waste everybody's time. So it's my two-second rant. you got stupid rant. videos showing up in your email that you yeah. don't even care about. Or Amazon thinks you're trying to buy some product that you're not trying to buy. Yeah, it's terrible. All right, well, unless you got anything else, uh, I think that's probably it. Tell I mean... Yeah, I don't know what I was going to do there as an exit. So, uh, Kevin, thanks for joining yeah. us today. Let's go uh, enjoy the 10X Growth Conference. All right. Look at that. There we go. And we got Phil, <laughs> whose head is cut off. Uh, yeah, right.